Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, everybody, to episode 37 of the Inferno Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Scott, with my great co-host, Patrick Patillo, a.k.a. Mr. Orange. And he's a doctor, so he deserves to be called Dr. Patrick Patillo. And the legend, Cedric Sabalas of the Phoenix Suns, Dallas Mavericks, and the Lakers, and the Nuggets for a day. So (laughs) we're going to talk about the Suns preseason. It is over. Their last game ended in Palm Desert against their rival Lakers. They beat them really, really bad by 20 after a 4-19 shooting start, which was really abysmal in the first quarter. But they didn't have Booker. They didn't have Beal. But they had Kevin Durant. So that's not bad to have one of the big three. And pretty much beat the bricks off LeBron and company, who played a lot of the game as well as Anthony Davis into the second half. And then the bench for the Suns came through and delivered. It proved a lot of depth, especially against a division rival uh, that is going to be in the way of the Suns moving forward, facing them four times in the regular season, possibly the playoffs. And we'll talk about who could be the best teams that could knock off the Suns in the West playoffs next uh, year, technically next year, uh, next calendar year in this season. And the East teams that people would like to see in the finals versus the Suns, as well as the Suns roster. So we'll start with the Suns are really, really good at finding a way this season. The past two years, they weren't good at finding a way. Now, the preseason is the preseason. I know it's basically just not much invested going into that to judge a team, but the Suns have not had that third creator now that they have Brad Beal. They do, and they didn't have as much depth as they do in all positions. So, said, let's start with you and how your preseason uh, analysis is about the Suns moving forward with this big three and their bench. I'm not I'm not a big fan, fellas, of, of preseason. This is how this team is going fair. And if they, you know, if they go undefeated or they go defeated, you know, uh, you know, because I, obviously we all know the Chicago Bull days, their preseason games were terrible, but they end up, you know, right. back to back to back two times when their season, their preseasons were terrible. And uh, I can contest because my rookie year, you know, I'm I'm leading the league in scoring. And then I'd go back to playing four minutes a game for Cotton Fitzsimmons. So, <laughs> you know, you really can't really tell. But I do love the fact that uh, – uh, you do see some flowetry, uh, so to speak, if that's a word, uh, between when the big three are on the floor. Uh, because my confusion was when, when they made this acquisition of all three, it, it was going to be tough. Who, who's whose turn is it? You know, if, if Booker is going for a seventy plus, if KD is going for fifty sixty, if Bill is going for forty fifty. You know, uh, with the other two, you know, start to go, wait, 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 I haven't had a touch in a minute and and disrupt what what was flowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, on the defensive side, uh, I love the fact that, uh, that that's what I mean more of in the chemistry because offensive, those guys are taking. On the defensive slide, side, I do see a lot of communicating. I do see a lot of uh, when they do either get plays right or get plays wrong, they have a little brief huddle 
like what we need to do. We need to move this this way or come that way. And that's a great that's a great sign, especially in preseason when you see people are trying to figure it out. Uh, obviously, getting your legs under you is important, uh, you know, especially going into the season. Not and, and for basketball players, uh, for those that don't know, it's not really your legs; it's your feet because they they're going to do a lot of grinding. And sometimes when your feet are hurting and and that's when it's you know you get kind of ginger and and not play as hard sometimes. So. Uh, as far as the preseason for me, I, I just think that I, I saw those those two things and and then the chemistry on both ends and then the communication on defense, Doctor. Yeah, I said uh, for me, similar records irrelevant. Um, every coach and uh, program has their philosophy that differs on how how and who they play and what they're looking for. Uh, to me, the highlights are um, just the chemistry all around and not even on the court. It's off the court. I'm also excited that the first two games are on the road. Uh, we don't get uh, our home opener till game three because, uh, you know, the Suns left yesterday, as you said, um, said in the past, that's where that's where all the bonding comes in. That's where you really come together as a unit. And so to start on the road against two of the West's toughest opponents that we're going to see all year, uh, I think that's a, a great way to come together. Um, there's going to be bumps and bruises along the way in terms of, you know, getting to know each other even better. Um, but the, the work ethic that everyone has and coming out of every single practice, the two-a-days that coach had, um, you know, early on and all the focus being, you know, heavily on the defensive side, um, I, I'm just excited to watch the journey, you know, whatever that looks like. And from it's already started, obviously, with the preseason. But uh, as as we tip off officially tomorrow night and just to see that work come together, that's already, you know, been shaped and formed and some of it's super fresh, uh, right, with the, the late trades and you know, um, obviously getting the roster sizes narrowed down. Um, I, I think it's just going to be something that I, I encourage all Suns fans as well as myself is just to cherish and and really enjoy the journey that we're about to go on because um, regardless of, of how it ends, it's going to be a very, very exciting uh, start to the season with a whole lot of excitement here in the Valley and uh, for great reason. And I think, you know, I'm excited for the staff, everything that they have already done. Obviously, uh, owner Matt Ishbia in his first full season as an owner has already done tremendous things. So um, super excited to get things kicked off tomorrow and obviously on national television. Yeah, against the Golden State Warriors, uh, the Suns will be facing former point guard Chris Paul. The Suns will not have Devin Booker because he's out with left big toe soreness. And Bradley Beal will be out for Tuesday's season opener at Golden State for a lower uh, back tightness. So they will have a point guard issue uh, because Book is handling the point guard duties during the preseason and will be likely doing that going forward with their starting five of himself, Beal, Durant, likely Josh Okoge and Yusef Nurkic. So Jordan Goodwin did played pretty well in that preseason home game uh, against Portland uh, last week. He actually had six steals, four in the first half. He is not really a true point guard in the sense of being a facilitator, but he has his hands on everything, and he was in the top five in steals percentage last season for a guy that only plays like, you know, Fifteen, he only played like you know 10, 15 minutes a game uh, for the Washington Wizards last season with Beal. So, what is your take on the fact that Suns are not having a true point guard doing it by committee, especially against a team like Golden State, another team that they might face in the playoffs? Said you go first. 
Well, yeah, this is what's a concern. Even when they they acquired everybody um, and had had um, Mr. Aiden in the middle, yeah. you know, who, who was going to run that? Who was going to put that in? I even threw Rondo's name out there. Some other opportunities where Bradley Bill played with Wall. Wall ended up going overseas. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, it just, when you're also letting Cam go, that, that was a, a situation where we, we was wondering if Cam was even ready to be a full-time, you know, to run a team, to be that man. And I think it's tough because, you know, these are great individual players that you're talking about with Durant, Booker, and Bill. And, um, I just thought that veteran would be that opportunity to calm them down when I said with Rondo and make sure that they all got distributed uh, properly. But I, I don't think it should be a problem. Uh, if it was a long-term thing, uh, I, I would I would be, you know, like, oh, this is kind of, you know, if, if Bradley had a nagging injury or Booker had a nagging injury that would keep them out, in and out, I, I would think there'd be some trouble. But I think, you know, everybody's going to be filling each other out for eight games to ten games first now. And then, uh, and it could be very important, though, uh, later on down the stretch. So hopefully they'll work some things out and don't chop up those eight to ten games with a lot of losses. Yeah, part of the reason why they got Eric Gordon is because of his ball handling skills too, not just his shooting ability from way deep. So he's been handling some of the point guard uh, responsibilities in the preseason as well. And also the Suns went four and one. So it shows that something is actually working. I know there's not much stock in the preseason, but something is obviously working there in the backcourt. You know, the front court is taking care of itself with their bigs. Patrick, what do you got to say about this point guard uh, matter in the Suns? Yeah, first, Dana, I don't – did you get reports from somewhere? Because everything I've seen, uh, even as of like 30 minutes ago, is they're both questionable for tomorrow, not officially out. So where where did you oh, get Oh, did that? I say they're out? I'm sorry, they're questionable. out. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I no. I'm sorry. I meant that they're questionable, yes. I, I. But for the most part, Draymond Green is out. Correct. Well, somebody's yep. questionable, and they've been sitting out a couple games in the preseason <laughs> and just early against a couple opponents. They're out. I mean, yeah, yeah. I just want to clarify. I don't want someone to say, yeah, don't, right, Scott said, right? <laughs> right. Out, and then get they're, time they're they questionable. Go. Yes, they are. Questionable. Don't be messing with the doctor's blood pressure, Dana. Don't mess yeah, with I'm the like, blood hey, pressure. what am I? What am I missing here? Uh, I did my research before we came on. Yes. Uh, I even tweeted that they're questionable earlier. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's all right, Dana. No, um, I think you know we just they got to get a feel, right? I I am not. I was not worried. Um, when the roster looked different, even uh, before we made, you know, the trade that we did later into the offseason. Um, now I think we have even more depth. And so I think it's just going to be, you know, by committee. I really think it's going to be feel for each other. If the team selflessness, that's the theme. If if people really can get past their egos, which I believe they, they will, um, I don't think that'll be an issue with this group. I think everybody understands that came into Phoenix, you know, what the expectation was if they weren't already here. And so those were probably very candid conversations, you know, from book and then book and Durant, uh, you know what I mean? And so coming into this, I think you're coming in to be part of something special and to do that, it takes sacrifice. And so I think coach will lead that culture. And, you know, I think each night is going to look a little bit different. Um, one based on matchups, but two based on, you know, who's going to be that hot hand we saw in the, the series against Denver, you know, Durant started almost every game, one of seven, one of eight. Like it felt like they were trying to get him going every single game and Booker, well, most of them was going, but he wasn't shooting one of seven, one of eight in the first quarter. And, and that's rough, you know, to start a game like that offensively against, uh, you know, the powerhouse that is the nuggets. And so I think with this group, we have, 
many more options. Um, I think we we have a post presence that's going to look different uh, with DA not being here anymore, that it's going to demand a little bit of a different look. Um, and, and I'm excited to see how that translates. But from a worry perspective, um, not at all. I think it's, it's all going to be getting reps against teams with their starters, playing the starter minutes, us playing starter, starter minutes, um, and then how, who makes those adjustments the fastest. But our schedule doesn't start light. And so um, to, to Seth's point, you just hope that it doesn't come at the cost of, you know, a number of losses early on in the season yeah. as you're getting your legs under you, building that chemistry uh, on the court in game that only you could do in game, very different than, you know, practices or preseason. Yeah, and unfortunate I, that both teams are that they start out with uh, are, made big shifts too as well. So they're they're going through the same growing process uh, as the Suns uh, for their first two games with Golden State and LA. Yeah, and I wouldn't use the word worry. I was really looking for the fact that you <laughs> know this team is going to be okay, and so when you worry, when you basically start at five hundred after say twenty games, maybe you worry. In January, and you're still kind of in the lower half and kind of the playing brackets of seven through ten. That's when you kind of worry. And the Suns were actually at that point in January of earlier this year when they when Chris Paul was out. So the point guard issue kind of manifested, and Booker was out because he was injured with his hamstring injury. That's when you start to worry. But early on, I'm just thinking about the fact that if you have guys like Utah Watanabe, Grayson Allen, uh, and you have Kevin Durant who are handling the ball up court and they're going up against some real junkyard dogs like uh, that are really, really good on defense, and, and you have Eric Gordon handling the duties and some guys really have to sit out, they start getting injured, like who's going to be the next step up and really produce and facilitate the offense that gives you the you know the points to score maybe up to like 130, you know, 120 a night compared to a guy who can't really get it done and you're only scoring like maybe 100 to 115 a night. So that's really not a concern, but it's just somewhat, something to track as this team doesn't have a true point guard and it's kind of like 2019 all over again when the Suns had the – you know, one of the worst records in the NBA, but it's not that bad to the point where it's like you're you're so thin that you really are desperate to sign a, a, an older veteran, Jamal Crawford, for one year. It, it, I don't think we're at that point, uh, if that makes sense. I just know that the Suns are definitely going to try how this goes, and then at the trade deadline in February, then they'll have to make a move if there's gets to the point of worry. Yep, uh, February 8th. That'll February. be the date to keep keep in mind. Indeed. So some of the West Coast teams to look out for. The Suns played the Utah Jazz in their third game. I find them as to be a sleeper when you got a guy like Walker Kessler, who was in the rookie of the year running, uh, to basically help with Laurie Markinen. And now they got John Collins. And so they got a little bit of more firepower in the offseason for us, a team, a team that started off pretty well halfway through the season and tapered off. Uh, but the Jazz. And, you know, they, they have them for the third game and Spurs for two games in a row and a home and home, basically. Uh, so uh, I picked the five teams in my article that I wrote on AZ Central. Uh, it was published today that the Golden State Warriors, the L.A. Lakers and the L.A. Clippers and the Denver Nuggets, of course, because they're the defending champs. And uh, the also the um, 
Uh, I had not the Sacramento Kings, but uh, uh, who, who the hell? I don't even know what I have. Um, but those four teams so far, those are the guys that are in the way. Now, who are the teams that you think would be in the way of the Suns possibly getting out of the West towards the finals? Well, everybody. This is – I've never seen yeah. the Western Conference from top to bottom playoff teams. Right. I, it, I mean, like you just said, you calling Utah the sleeper. Uh, you know, does that mean you call them Minnesota a sleeper or New Orleans a sleeper? I mean, it's like every team in the Western Conference, if you're a player, this is the, the, the conference that you want to be in. But uh, And, and it, it every team is capable of getting to the playoffs. So – you know, that race for six or, or seven or eight or what or nine, or, you know, ten, whatever, however you got to juggle it, is going to be very, very difficult uh, in between. So, uh, you know, with that point being said, Doc, it's, uh, you know, let me go back to, as you said, Dana, don't use the worrying because, you know, you go on a four-game losing streak, you, that might have put you out of the contentions of making the playoffs. Yeah, that's, that's I think, the biggest piece that is, we saw last year how exciting it was down the stretch with coming down to literally the last games of the season and how so many places in the West could have shifted in seeding. I think it's going to be that and then some and even more depth in terms of how close, you know, maybe two or three through 11, 12 are um, to where, hey, last game of the season, some people just get knocked out. Now you're in a play-in situation um, and then all about matchups. So uh, to your question, Dana, you know, Obviously, th there's many to worry about, and it's it's really in terms of matchups. Like, in the West, every round starting right away could feel like a Western Conference Finals with some of the way that these matchups will look. Uh, I, I think it'll be extremely exciting if all teams stay healthy every single series in the Western Conference, whereas in the East, you may maybe the Conference Finals could be a little exciting. Outside of that, for the West, it's and, and I don't think it's been this dominant – in, in a few years in the NBA, but West has, has traditionally been one of those where that's where the challenges are. But over the last two years and now, again, going into this season, if, if teams stay healthy, I think it is going to be super exciting and then coming right down to the wire to see how the matchups are going to look. And that's going to shape a lot of how the postseason turns out. Yeah. And you got to kind of hope that two the two teams that have young players, Houston and San Antonio, don't get their young so-called ish together. They could that could be your two cakewalks in 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 the Western Conference. Uh, but other than that, every team, you know, you like you said, Utah. Uh, obviously, just, just defending every team is. Oh man, this, this is, is going to be a barn burner. It will, but this is the reason why I left out certain teams. Now, it didn't work last year well with Minnesota because they couldn't figure out really the, the the spacing and they, with it comes to having Rudy Gobert and also Carl Anthony Towns, who was hurt a lot of the time. And when they were out there together, it just didn't really work. It just didn't work with having that high-low and Rudy is not really a scorer. I remember one game against the Suns, Rudy didn't even get a field goal off. He only had like one field goal attempt all game and he was just a shot blocker. So it was, it was almost like he was in the way. So I hope – that they would figure it out. Uh, that would be cool to have Minnesota in the mix, but I don't really consider them part of the mix of a team that's in the way. With Anthony Day, um, Anthony Edwards, I mean, he is a great player, but he has to figure out being the guy that really is 
it's his team now. And I th- think that they were trying to figure out their identity of whose team it is last year in a way. Um, yeah, I was, was going to say this is uh, the biggest improvement that Minnesota made last year is the fact that that Ant-Man got a year older and, yeah. and he's going to be more exciting and more more talented this year than he was the previous two. Yeah, and he was an yeah. all-star last year, so credit to him for that. But also, I also listed the Memphis Grizzlies in my article that's on yeah. his show, uh about the five NBA West teams that could be in the sun's way towards the title. But the Memphis Grizzlies just revealed uh, yesterday that Stephen Adams is going to have season-ending surgery. So that's a big blow to their front line when you have your your, your main center that pretty much is like your – the hub of the team, he's the veteran seasoned guy that can't get it done in the middle for you. Now, Jared Jackson Jr. is great. Now, he's a great shot blocker, defensive player of the year last season, and I I expect him to to improve. But when you don't have those guys really as your one-two punch in the the front court, and you might have to kind of result, um, you, you might have to lean on guys like Kenny Lofton Jr. and you know, Santi Aldama, uh, and, and and you're relying on – you don't have Dylan Brooks anymore, who's, you know, the, the, the package puncher. But, <laughs> I mean, he was a good defender last year, you know, before, without all the extra stuff that came along with him and suspensions and fi- or his fines, things like that. So uh, – and, and also they're losing job for 25 games, the first 25 yeah. games of the season. Yeah. So they are figuring that out. Now they added Marcus Smart – to basically have a battle-tested veteran point guard to do the duties, and he was the defensive player of the year, the, the you know two years, two seasons ago. Uh, but when you don't have your superstar that's basically pushing the pace, you know, to pretty much and also can finish the 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 breaks that you push, then that could basically put some of the first half of the season in question for you. So I counted them out. Same thing with New Orleans. If Zion can last through the All Star break then yes, they are dangerous. But we have to believe what we've seen before time and time again with Zion. It's been four years. He hasn't played that much. And the injuries just he, – he, it piles up. By January, he's out. And so- yeah. Dana, I would say uh, for all the reasons you named uh, previously about Memphis, paired with maturity, uh, I would I would toss him out of that top five um, that you listed because – um, one, you said draw out the 25 games, losing Adams, and then how is he going to come back? Is he going to be locked in? What does that maturity look like? You're facing strong teams in the West that are veteran season teams that know how to win. Um, so, for yeah, they're going to be good, but I, I don't have them in the top five. And I think uh, really the biggest um, focus for the West is going to be how are the head-to-head matchups? Because you know the West and the format versus East teams. So we're the West is going to be beating each other up all year, comparatively speaking. And so how do those head-to-head matchups look? A lot of that came into play with seeding last year, right? So how do you how do you match up against somebody that you may end the season with a regular season record tied? Um, so I think all of that is going to be uh, crucial in terms of where do we see teams land in, in the scheme of things as we head into those uh, playing games. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the Go ahead about Memphis. I I, I just yeah, want to say that they're fifth, they're thirty one and fifteen without John Morant the past two seasons. So they've proven they can play without him in the regular season. But go ahead, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say I was going to add to that too as well. And him being out, they do have a pretty good record. But the most important thing is when he does come back, like Patrick said, is he going to be the same guy? Is he? I know he wants to prove the world wrong, and the best way to do that is to ball out. Uh, uh, but it, you know, 
is the aggressiveness going to be there? Is he going to be wondering what's going to go, what questions I'm going to get in the press conference? Cause he's open for everything now. Uh, but most importantly about Steven Allen's and his talent is, is his voice, you know, not having that voice there the whole year, you know, bumping and sweating, grinding with you is going to be the biggest thing. The other than him is a defense ability and his rebounding, yeah. uh, you know, you know, when they get into scuffles, he's always the one, that, you know, breaking up scuffles. Uh, uh, he's always the one protecting everybody. So that's going to be tough. And Zion's squad in New Orleans, I, you know, even if it's Zion plays or not, I think they're still, you know, with Ingram being healthy, everybody else coming together. And uh, the little the kleptomaniac deep uh, that they have on their team. I and mean, he's so talented. Well, how's that, Alvarado? Uh, Alvarado. Is just yeah, so he's been hurt watch. a little bit. So so he's, he yeah. might start off the season a little bit hurt. But, yeah, I like him a lot. He's a typical – Annoying Queens, New York guard type of player, man. That's how they are. They just get up. See in. how we throw it in there. See how they throw it in there. <laughs> he is a typical New York dude, man. New York dudes love going to Georgia Tech, man. Dating back to John Sally, you know, Kenny Anderson, you know, Jose Alvarado, and then there's been other uh, Stephon Marbury. I mean, that's just the New York thing to do. Your man, Amin Elisan, he's a New York dude and went to Georgia Tech. Oh, Everybody, <laughs> that's just it, it's there you the go, <laughs> to go down to Atlanta and play for Tech. But I like <laughs> these types of players who are very much just oh, yeah. gritty. And 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 I like what they what, what BI has become. Also with CJ McCollum to give him that veteran leadership and yeah. that scoring on, on the wing there. And so if Zion can be a part of that nucleus through the all-star break, yes, they're going to be dangerous. And the, the Pelicans were actually the top of the West when Zion was healthy through December. So if they – and they were basically the top team before Denver came and took over for those 100-plus days thereafter. So Yeah, I think said hit it on the head. It's it's Adam's leadership. You you have lost that in in the sense of he'll be there, but it's totally different when you're not on the floor. And and not having that leadership in this Western Conference, uh, to me, they're they're gonna be uh, almost a non-factor, I would I would say. Uh they have talent, but with all the other talent that's out there, uh, losing Adams to me was that was kind of the tip of the iceberg. Um I could be wrong, but that that's how that's I how wrote I the article actually on Friday. And then that news came out on Sunday. So, I mean, I welcome I to the world of media. <laughs> right, right, right. I, I, I was, I, I wish I could have changed it, but uh, when did it come out? Sunday or Monday that Adam was out today? Just yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday? Okay. So yeah. I, I should have changed it, but hey, I mean, it, it was already in print as of Sunday's paper. Yeah, yeah. You're good. Arizona Republic Pre. Chalk it up as an L, Dana. I couldn't do up. anything. Hey, man. <laughs> control what you can control as players say in the press conferences, right? Now, so, changing our last subject. Uh, who are the teams in the East that you'd like to see if the Suns get to the finals? I say Bucks for redemption for what they got in putting in for uh, getting, Drew, uh, getting rid of Drew Holiday for and then got Damian Lillard in that combo of basically it's like Oscar Robertson and Lou Alcindor 2.0 to me in Bucks land right there. Well, well, this is a trick question because you said who would they like to see? I, I don't want them to see the Bucks. I don't want I don't <laughs> want the Greek Freak nowhere near <laughs> yeah. the finals uh, next year. Yeah. So yeah, it'd be a great matchup with them in Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> you know, get the two young guys to come back and you know that'd be perfect. That's who I want to see him in the finals. Uh, uh, not that Brooklyn doesn't have a chance to win a title, but it'll be very difficult. They're going to have to be slinging that rock up 
and, and knocking down shots and, and, and in passing lanes and steals a whole lot to get them to the finals. But uh, it's interesting to see what they're going to do with James Harden in Philly. If he comes back, who knows? And nobody's really seen him. If he comes back and, and uh, MVP caliber with uh, the past MVP, uh, they still can be very dangerous with that squad that they have over there. And who knows, you know, what uh, what type of run that they could put together. Uh, you know, obviously the Bucks is dangerous, and we're going to see how dangerous they are early uh, with Dame, him and Dame uh, going back and forth. Not that Drew Holiday couldn't score because he had a 50-piece, you know, every now and then. Uh, but uh, they send Drew to, to more of a leadership role uh, and didn't think – Milwaukee didn't think he can probably score like like Dame Dollar. I'm not really sure. But now he's over in this Boston era uh, putting together a, a team of young guns that can really, you know, do some things. And they just need some maturity to them. Uh, they, you know, they always seem to rumble, bumble, stumble mm-hmm. late in the fourth quarter, uh, you know, with shot attempts. Uh, you know, either one of them is on or the other one is not, Brown or, or Tatum is on. And that's what Drew has been doing his whole entire career, finishing games off, whether it's on a defensive end or their offensive end. So I think it's a great punch for uh, uh, the Celtics to do so. Um, I mean, Patrick, just you, I'll let you take the rest of the Eastern Conference, but it's it, it, it's going to get tight over there. Just I don't think it's going to be tight as the Western Conference, but it's going to get tight over there and then Miami. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think Miami was the one I would add to that mix. Uh, I think similar to the West in terms of it's going to be how the matchups shape up, right? So where where do the seeds land um, and where are those teams? Because um, you could have some early on uh, matchups that could be, you know, Eastern Conference Finals caliber. Um, and then that makes it less entertaining and challenging as it heads into the, the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, to me, which team would I rather see, obviously, is not the Bucks from a storyline perspective. Of course, I want to go back there, especially how it ended, uh, you know, for us and me it, being there for game six uh, to have a whole different ending. Uh, absolutely. So if that happens, uh, it, it wouldn't be easy. But yeah, great story. Uh, but other than that, you know, I think Boston just matching up against you get Booker, um, you know, going head to head against Tatum, uh, just the, from a storyline perspective, uh, I think that would be exciting. But uh, the heat to me is that kind of wild card. They always just find a way with Spolstra, um, you know, what they do, the 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 caliber that they put out year in and year out. I think um, they're a team that you can't write off and, and it'll be interesting to see where they land in the whole mix. But um, obviously I think almost everyone is focused on the bucks, but from a wild card perspective that could, could give a good run. I, I think the heat is, is who I would pick to uh, step in there and present a challenge. Okay. Well, so Dana's beloved New York Knickerbockers too are very dangerous too. Uh, I, I think they always get eliminated yes. by, field goal percentage uh they never shoot well from the field when it's coming down to crunch crunch time but i think that i think defensively and everything else that they had uh that they they put together uh so far uh has been right on it's just like you know it's either it's either brunson shooting a bad percentage or 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 one of the big players who's shooting a bad percentage they usually get some eliminated I love New York in June. I do. And if I could travel to <laughs> the Knicks versus Suns in June, I will. Definitely. But for me, Knicks is fool's gold. And I've been rooting for that team a long time. I'm impartial to teams now because being a beat writer, you got to be. But tracking that Knicks team, something about me says it's fool's gold going forward. And I love what Jalen Brunson <laughs> did last season. He should have been an all-star. Ju- Julius Randle. 
Definitely, definitely deserving all-star. I like what R.J. Barrett's become as the third guy, the third option for them, and he, how he's developed. He's got to get better on his three-point shooting, though. His jump shot still sucks, but uh, uh, that's another subject. Yeah. But I do like the Celtics on paper to go up against the Suns. I want 1976 2.0 Suns Celtics as well, and Bucks Suns because of not just the storyline, but because of what the teams invested to make them so much better, respectively. Getting Damian Lillard, okay, so you have two guys who averaged 30 points a game last season, and that's the first time that's happened since I believe 1965 when Elgin Baylor and Jerry West, you know, came together on the same squad, all right? Or they were on the same squad. They both averaged 30 points together. That's right? average 30, yeah. Yes. Okay, so it's been basically 60 years since this has happened, right? And then you got the Suns, who have their offensive firepower and their big three, and they're both – and they're deep as well, and the Bucks are deep. So that would be great. Now, Milwaukee's not a big market team, but they just signed Giannis to a three-year $186 million contract, so he's not going anywhere after the talk of – where he possibly might go for free agency at the end of this upcoming season. So don't forget a uh, campaign in there. Campaign is there. Yes. He's from second. a storyline perspective. Yep. Absolutely. Campaign is there now. So and then you got Javon Carter who was there. Right? Is he still there? We have a no what was in no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, but we have um He's a former son that played against the Bucks in the finals. Yeah. Back up point guard. But also um Who's the other one? Said. <laughs> Don't try to throw this on me, dog. Like, I, oh, no, no, no. no. I, what about Jay Crowder? Yeah, Jay, yeah. There we go. Jay, Jay. Well, Jay Crowder's Thank you. gone. I mean, yes. Yeah. But, yeah I mean, uh, Jay Crowder. Kind of. You know, he he got kind of more disgruntled about the fact that. He, right, he, right. That's what I mean. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you you have these yeah former sons that ended up with the Bucks. So I see what you. Yep. But I I do like the fact that Milwaukee has upped its ante. It so has the Suns. And you want teams that can go head-to-head -to, -head to up the ante in the offseason because that's what you basically are watching it a lot of times for. Just like the Liberty versus the Aces that we saw last week in that great game four that was uh, played out in New York. And and the, the Liberty ended up losing by one, 70 to 69 to the Aces. And Brianna Stewart didn't show up, three for 17. And so, I mean, I mean you want those types of – games that really uh, just have a lot of marquee names and this is basically box office stuff that you pay for. Now, it's cool to have like the the teams that are kind of the little engines that could in Miami. I wouldn't consider them one, but they had mostly guys, they had a lot of guys that were undrafted players. And so Pat Riley, Heat Culture and all that stuff plays in. And so they don't really have a bona fide superstar. They have basically really good defensive players, lunch bucket guys who get it done. And Bam out of bio and Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero was on the trading block. So allegedly, and Pat Riley said today, no, we've never had him on the trading block. But I, I like Miami pick. I do like maybe what the Sixers could do if what Nick Nurse can prove in his first year uh, as uh, their head coach coming from Toronto. Um, so Dana, before before we wrap, uh, yeah. where do you all have us coming into our Saturday home opener? Uh, what record coming into Saturday, Dana? I have a one and one. One and one? One and one. Said? Well, and there's three it's three games, right? Before or two or two, two and then that's two the third. Saturday. Yep. 
Oh, okay. I I, I say two and zero. I, I don't think Golden State is ready, and I don't think uh, LeBron is ready engine up. And, and I think KD is going to hold it down. Being back in Golden State, and I'm not sure if that's his first time back in Golden State uh, since he it since is. he left playing. Uh, yep. So I, I and then no Draymond Green. Yes, uh, yep. Golden State. Uh, uh, so you know, having that for the opener, I, I do see a barn burner between uh, Durant and Curry, but. Uh, and also, I, I don't, I don't think LeBron has revved his engines, nor does he want to rev his engines up. And if LeBron is not revved up, then I don't think AD is as well. Uh, as well, let, let let's go back before we do the most important Buck and Sons innuendo, if you want to call it. You guys, I come to believe you two historians did not mention it. That's oh, really for you. We're about to get cut up. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. Go, the coin flip. Oh, well, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I did mention Luas Cinder. I said Luas Cinder. <laughs> Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He was drafted. Come on, Dana. <laughs> hey, I appreciate you guys doing this with me, man, always. And uh, much love to everybody listening in episode 37. Check out episode 38. And shout out to Patrick Batillo when he's, uh, he's going to be the honorary captain on Saturday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.